Hey everybody, good afternoon. Welcome to a Boiled Sports Quick Cast. It's your host, Boiler Dowd. Hope you're doing well. A friend of mine said I'm not supposed to call you guys pals, and I'm not supposed to call myself a pal of yours, but I'm going to say it's your pal, Boiler Dowd. Hope you are doing well. Uh, lots happened since just recently this week, since the since the Handsome Hour was recorded, so I thought I'd put a few thoughts in as we get ready for the Penn State game. But first, let me thank our sponsors. Thank you to Martin Vintage. MartinVintage.com. Go to go over there, check out their selection of heritage-inspired uh, Purdue uh, t-shirts. They're soft. They're comfortable. Uh, enter Boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. And then, of course, head over to Eat AJ's. Before you go over there, maybe order ahead. But when you're on campus, sit down in a booth. Enjoy the televisions. Uh, have a... Uh, have one of their uh, Italian beef sandwiches or a burger or some fried mac and cheese and, of course, a pint. Uh, head over to AJ's. Get a bite to eat there when you're on campus this week. Uh, get there early, and maybe you'll see myself and my wife there. Uh, I think we're going to stop by uh, when we get on campus on Thursday. And speaking of Thursday, uh, Purdue will play, thir- uh, play Penn State uh, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Right now it's uh, 1 p.m. on Wednesday, so... Um, we're just over a day out from the home opener, a big game. Uh, but as I said, I don't, as I said on the quick cast earlier, um, last week, and of course on the handsome hour, I don't think this is a do or die game at all. Uh, I think it's a game that Purdue can win, but I also, I'm always on my heels a bit when I start predict predicting the first game of the season, regardless of it being Purdue or another team, I'm always hesitant. And uh, we just don't have a ton of information. We don't know how well the teams have gelled during the offseason. Um, I think Purdue has very good uh, parts in place. And I'm going to talk to you a little reason to be very optimistic because I gave you some reasons to be level-headed or realistic. In the last quick guest, I'm going to give you one really big reason to be optimistic here in a second. But first, let's address, let's address the stadium renovation announcement. I put a picture on uh, on this video from one of the renderings from a long time ago, from probably, I'm guessing, five or six years ago, uh, a group of, of renovation uh, renderings were released to the public, and it raised the bar way up. A lot of people thought, wow, this is exciting. Purdue looks like they're going to do something that's on par with any facility in America. Uh, I compared it to some of the architecture that, you know, places like Oregon uh, has has done with their re- renovations, or even if you look at some of Alabama's facilities, uh, some of Ohio State's facilities, um, really, really modern, top-end stuff. And uh, they, they couldn't do it right then because the budget wasn't right, understandably. Um, things weren't great. But let's, let's get a little history lesson before we go forward and look at these renovations. It was late June, I think it was June 25th of 2014, when the bleachers were condemned in the south end zone of ross Stadium. So eight years have gone by. The freshmen on campus right now were 10 years old. The fresh, freshmen on campus that are about to start classes, or I guess just start classes, pardon me, were 10 years old when those bleachers were renovated. And the funny thing about those bleachers, they were nothing but more than 
glorified high school bleachers. They were a band-aid in themselves. They were never intended to be a permanent solution. They always were a bit of an eyesore when they were condemned. No one shed a tear because you thought, okay, there's opportunity. There's great opportunity here with this happening. Um, Instead of that, uh, Purdue, of course, first put a band-aid on it smartly. They had to because it was so late in the game. Those things were not fit for people sitting in them. They had to level them. They put up a tent. Um, they put up a tent with some some beverages, and uh, Jay coined the term Morgantown. I think it was brilliant. Um, it was that was another band aid, right? And that band aid turned into a nicer band aid with bigger tents and nicer tables. And that's been that way, a version of that for a while. Of course, they put up the the big scoreboard, which is a major improvement. I don't know anybody who's been in the stadium who doesn't think that's pretty awesome. Changes the game day experience. It's really really nice. Much better than the old jumbotron and um, uh, speakers but they needed to back up this renovation this season with something as nice and as big time feeling as that scoreboard in my opinion that scoreboard is one of the biggest in america it showed a little bit of bigger thoughts that okay we're going to spend a little bit more now because we really want the fans to enjoy the game day atmosphere even more than you can on tv and that's a big that's a tough challenge right now TV is uh, obviously uh, giving us a great experience. If you watch on Big Ten Network, you get to see it from your own couch. You get to go grab your own beer or soda or sandwiches. So you need a reason to be motivated to go to Ross 8. I'm always floored. I hear it all the time, uh, people that are my age. In fact, I talked to one this week. I have a friend that um, he he lived in uh, Kerry Quad with me, and he asked the question, have you been back to campus since graduation? He graduated in 95. I graduated in 97. And I said, I've had season tickets on and off the entire time. Uh, My family goes. We have a block of tickets. And a lot of people don't go back, don't go back to campus enough. A good, beautiful, uh, modern, attractive Rossade Stadium is a major reason to bring people back for homecoming or for something else, just to meet an old friend there at a game. It's a great motivator. So when the sketches were released today, uh, the best word I've heard, the best adjective I've heard of kind of the the finger on the pulse of the Purdue fan base was underwhelmed. I think there are some people that like it. Uh, My brother, who sits in our block of uh, tickets, said, well, it's better than what they've got now. It's better than what they've had. But the problem is the buildup and the fact they said, okay, we don't have sketches yet official. We had those old ones, and then we're going to have new ones that are going to be closer to what we're building. That has just lasted so darn long. And it's almost like the release of a blockbuster, right? The longer you hear about it, the higher your expectations get. So eight years out, we get what has been released. If you haven't seen them, go over to Twitter. You can check our feed or you can check about any feed. Purdue Athletics, Purdue Football, they all have them. Um, and what you're going to see is something that is is fine. The concept, I will say there's two things. The one thing... Uh, a couple of the boiled sports uh, staffers, a couple of us old guys, uh, Michael specifically said, wow, those renderings are really not very well done. The old ones from, from six years ago or whatever were really, really well done. It was a bigger time feel. The presentation looked better. It looked more realistic and at the same time looked more sci- uh, like sci-fi. These looked like they were done on free software, honestly. I designed things for a living. I uh, teach college kids. And this looked like uh, student-level work to me. Uh, If I've offended somebody, I guess I'm okay with it because I just don't think this is what I expected. 
uh, for many, many reasons. And I think there's good intention here about staying within the budget, staying in the black and all that. But this is where Purdue has gotten itself in trouble in the last 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, a lot. The big thing is there's so much TV money in the hopper, so much more than there used to be. And there's about to be another bigger injection coming in the way of that Big Ten TV contract that we talked about two weeks ago. That starts in 2024. It's not way off in the future. It's coming right now. So to say like mortgaging your future or saying being uh, irresponsible by building something that was more of a uh, on par with what uh, a big time program would be, would do, I think is kind of a foolish idea. Purdue had room in the budget to say we can do big, bigger, better things right now um, and they didn't and that's a shame. I hope that a bit of a pushback or backlash, whatever you say, gets Purdue, the Purdue Athletic uh, Group, the, the, the department heads, specifically Babinski, back at it quickly. And they say, okay, that wasn't ex- uh, acceptable. Not enough people are on board. There's no excitement here. That's the thing. Even the people that say they're okay, they're not excited about it. You want to be excited about this renovation. It's the first renovation since the, or the first major renovation since the press box was put in a long time ago now. Um, so they need, I think that, uh, that would help out. That would be a good thing for getting um, ticket sales up, getting uh, energy up. But Jeff Brom and company are doing their job. And speaking of, let's talk about this. So what's the reason to be optimistic if you really want to dig into it? What's the thing that, that if you're looking for a reason to go into the, the into Ross Aid at 8 p.m. on Thursday and thinking, uh, Purdue should leave here with a win, I'm going to give you that reason right now. Okay, so I did a little bit of quick analysis of the two deeps according to Golden Black. And this is really amazing to me. I told you there's more experience and depth and guys on the field that have played downs and started, if not at Purdue, other places than I've ever seen. And this, these numbers are eye-popping to me. So on the offense, the starters, the ones, they average, they have been out of high school for 4.6 years. That's an incredible number to me. The, the two, the guys who are second, they're, they're backups, are averaging 4.1 years out of high school. And then on defense, 4.36 years and 3.9 years. That's an incredible number. That, that is an incredible amount of age and experience on the field for Purdue. And to me, what that translates into is, as a friend of mine, a good friend of mine said, with that experience comes a great amount of savvy and probably a different type of mistake. They won't make the big mistakes, I think, and they probably won't get penalized as much. They shouldn't. If they do the first week, I think Brom's going to be pretty damn angry. And they should just play a better, smarter, uh, more savvy brand of football. Plus, the inherent or the uh, intangible part of this, that built-in leadership that comes with a guy being on campus. I don't know if you guys have read or heard, but a lot of people are excited to see Aiden O'Connell has become more of a verbal leader, not just a guy who does his job. And I think that comes with getting a year older. He's a six, sixth year guy and it shows and it's showing up in practice. I think you've got a lot of guys. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. You've got a lot of leaders on the field. Now, will they fall into place under one big leader, an alpha, if you will, on the field? That's a good question. That's part of when you start seeing a team gain its identity. Who are they following? Um, one thing that I thought was awesome, speaking of Alpha, speaking of a guy that um, I really love to hear talk, Ron English had an after-practice uh, interview with the media, like he always does, two days ago. And uh, one of the questions was, will Purdue's defense be able to pressure the passer? And he said, yes, just flat out. 
And then he said, we're going to find a way, one way or another, to put pressure on the quarterback. That's promising as well to me. So I'm looking at a bunch of things. I, uh, if you listen to the Handsome Hour, you heard my trepidation. If you listen to my last quick cast, you heard it there too that I said, yeah, I'm a, a bit anxious about this one, uh, but I'm not in the big picture anxious about, anxious about this team. But if you want to go in and say, yeah, I think Purdue's going to win, here's your reason. This experience is a big deal. Also very interesting. Again, I've, I reiterate this. This is such a bizarre thing. You have two quarterbacks with six years of experience, or they're both six-year uh, six quarterbacks, 12 years of total experience between the starting quarterbacks. That is just wild, and um, that's noteworthy. So before I uh, close down today, I'm at uh, about 12 minutes. I'm going to read some of the comments here. Um, Todd Singer says, it's my first trip to AJ's tomorrow night pregame. Attaboy, Todd. You're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, it's a great place. Um, uh, just, I think you can order about anything and be happy. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, Big Time Boiler says, could be much worse, that's for sure, when he's talking about the, um, the Ross Aid renovation. Students moving there isn't a big deal at all. They are still at the 30-yard line at the other end. Uh, I agree, Big Time, uh, uh, Grant. Um, I agree completely. Um, my seats are right there in part of the student section right now. So I like those seats. I've always liked being a little bit higher up and having an angle to be able to see the entire field. Um, some of the students will be in the end zone. I don't think that's a big deal either. I think when you're a student, your perspective is a little bit different. Some people are there absolutely just because they're football fans, but some people like to be around the party. And I, I'd say a lot of students like to just be there in that atmosphere. Plus, the other big byproduct of this I think might be the best thing, the best part of this plan, is that the um, you, it, this will create two loud end zones. By moving the students down there, you'll have a very, very raucous area. Uh, when, when the team comes out, right away they're going to have a lot of energy. And then you'll have the other end that's enclosed, which is automatically louder. And I think you'll get some, some good fans who, like me, maybe will move down there towards that end. I won't move all the way into the end zone. Uh, but getting up at an angle in there, creating that noise would be a good thing. Just me alone should help shift some of that noise. Just kidding. But it, it actually will. Um, Greg McManus reminds us, nobody goes into Ross Aid, and that's true. So check Twitter again. I did post that, uh, as promised, I posted that nobody goes in Ross Aid graphic. You can put it on T-shirts or stickers, whatever you want, um, a day ago or so. If you have questions, let me know. Um, Todd Singer says the tunnel and dining all have to be positive to show to recruits. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think we'll see more development of the interior of that, but to me, you're like, oh, we got a cafeteria too. I, gosh, I just, I'm, I'm not too excited about this. And that's too bad. Um, uh, Greg McManus says, eight O-linemen who can play. Man, when's the last time that happened? During Hope. I think, uh, I think you'd have to go back to Hope. Uh, that was a really good offensive lineman, Hope had, uh, line group that Hope had in the second year, right? First or second, yeah, first year. Um, but yeah, you have to go back a ways, and this is going to be a very, very good offensive line. One thing that's really cool, you even have a fifth-year, I believe, senior transfer on the uh, second team. So you'll have these anchors all around. Um, bigger than that with the O-line, that's really the youngest group in those two deeps on offense or defense. So not only are these guys experienced because they've already started a lot of games, they're young. So there's a good future with those guys. Um, there's a lot of reasons to, to be pretty stoked about this season. That offensive line, line is a big one. Um, yeah, Caleb Gerald says, with uh, great experience comes great responsibility. Absolutely. With great experience comes 
higher expectations comes great responsibility because you don't want to screw it up. But bigger than that, I think the fan base should be excited. I just do. And I hope I haven't thrown too much of a wet blanket on some of you guys by saying, yeah, I think there's a reason to believe that they won't win the first game. My biggest thing, though, is just I want to see, if I were going to say pick one issue, I love the receiver core. I think they're very talented. I think they're pretty experienced, even though the media acts like they aren't even a thing. But that group right there, getting their timing right in a pass-heavy offense in the first game, that's my biggest question mark. If if, if Peru had two starting tight end types, like if Miller had not gotten hurt, then you'd have two guys that I have utter faith in. Uh, Paferi is going to be a good option. He's another guy that I think is going to grow into his role as the season goes on, being a guy that's going to come in 30% of the downs or whatever. That's a big deal to me. So it's all about timing, and um, will O'Connell have enough uh, options when the play breaks down? Um, Robert Gill says, where is AJ's? I'll get you the address, but it's close to stadium. Uh, It's close to the stadium off of... uh, no, of course. I think it's off Northwestern. I, I'm, I'm just bad with addresses. I could walk there. So if you go to McDonald's and keep going down the road to get some real food, go to AJ's. I'll get you the address, though. It's down towards the fire station. That's it. Down towards the fire station, if that helps. I apologize. I'm bad. North and Vine. Dagnabbit, Todd Singer, you're everywhere. North and Vine near the, near the old fire station. Um, Theodore Berkey says, smart to put students in the new section. Give them a better student uh, fan experience. Makes better for donors. Yep, I agree. So I think that's about it for today. Um, Robert Gill says, still really hoping for a train to bring the players in. Um, There was a student, uh, or pardon me, an alum concept that went around that had a train literally in the the south end zone. It was a really cool concept. It was not done by a, a hired firm. It was done by a guy who just was passionate about Purdue. And it was really, really cool. I think he did a couple iterations. He spread it through GBI. It got on... I think Twitter or Facebook back then, and it was neat. It was kind of like the um, like the Bucks Stadium uh, with the with the pirate ship, which I think is going is going away soon or has already gone away. I'm not sure, um, but I've heard it's going away. But that idea of having kind of that fun game experience is a big deal. And then, like many of you guys have figured out, if you've got kids, if you got boys specifically, boy, toy toy trains. A giant toy train is pretty darn awesome for the for the little ones and even for the guys like me. So, but that's about it. Um, I think I'm at, I'm just under 20 minutes, and I appreciate your time. Wanted to get one more thought in before tomorrow's game. If uh, I see you on campus or if you see me, say hi. Uh, I love to talk to people who uh, regularly make this part of their um, Purdue experience, and I appreciate all you guys who tuned in today. Hammer down. Have a great day. God bless you. Talk to you soon. See ya. Let's go Boilers. Mm-hmm.